0: We pray that as we enter into this topic that you'll give us wisdom, understanding, clear articulation. Help us, Lord, that those who hear us will understand your message from your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our passage for this study, which is entitled Chasing Riches, is Proverbs 23, verses 4 and 5. Proverbs 23, 4 and 5. Labor not to be rich, cease from thine own wisdom. Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings, they fly away as an eagle toward heaven. Proverbs 23, 4 and 5 from the King James Version. Okay, today we're going to take a little bit of time to discuss the pursuit of, of riches, chasing riches, chasing wealth. This is a controversial topic, or it's a very polarizing one, because there are many people who preach prosperity gospel. You know, they talk about Abraham, they talk about Isaac, they talk about Jacob, they talk about Job, uh, they talk about Daniel, they talk about Joseph in Egypt. These people were all wealthy, Mordecai. Okay? They were all wealthy. David, Solomon, all wealthy. Solomon was the richest man that ever lived. And then there are other people who, using the same scriptures, talk about the widow with her two mites and the rich young ruler who was told to give up everything and sell all of his goods. And... Um, The poor you will always have among you, X, Y, Z. Lots of passages that people use to emphasize that the Christian needs to give everything up and follow Christ. The Bible does not speak poorly of wealth. The Bible does not speak poorly of money. Christ had Many, many, many discussions and parables involving money. The Bible doesn't frown upon money, doesn't frown upon having wealth. It does speak about how you obtain that wealth. And it does say something very important, which we captured in the verse that we're using here for our devotion labor not to be rich the Bible is definitely against the idea of pursuing wealth. It is not against the idea of being diligent with your hands, being industrious, laboring, work as unto the Lord and not to men. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. It's not against working hard. It's not against being diligent in your work. It is against pursuit of wealth. Jesus also pointed out that you can't love God and mammon. If you are pursuing both, you're going to soon settle for one because you can't serve both God and mammon. Chasing riches. We can't chase riches Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? All right? <laughs> For riches certainly make themselves wings. They flee away. So, where are we to fall? What does the Bible teach if the Bible is not teaching abject poverty? It's not everybody that came to Jesus that he told to sell everything. He didn't tell Zacchaeus to sell everything. Zacchaeus came to the place when Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house today. Zacchaeus came to the place where he said, I'm going to fix all the financial wrongs that I have set up. All of the people I cheated, all of the people that I I stole from, extorted, whatever method I used, I'm going to fix that. But Zacchaeus didn't claim that he was giving away all his goods to the poor, and we don't know that he gave up all of his goods. Okay. History tells us that Nicodemus, who was a wealthy member of the Sanhedrin, became a Christian, accepted Christ, mm-hmm. and proceeded to fund the early church. The early apostolic church was funded in large measure not just by the generous donations of those of Christians broadly, which was important, but by specific um specific support of Nicodemus himself, and we presume Joseph of Arimathea, right? He used his personal wealth to ultimately help the early Christian church financially, which was very critical because they didn't have a, a lot of access to things, especially once persecution came. Okay. If you look carefully, God allowed a number of his True followers to become wealthy. And they weren't trying to be wealthy. And other than Solomon, who you could make an argument that wealth did have an adverse impact on him eventually, none of the others were impacted by wealth. They had flaws, but wealth was not the source of their problems. Right? There are lots of passages. Here's a very interesting one. Matthew, Matthew, Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28, I'm thinking parables. Proverbs 28, 20 says, a faithful man shall abound with blessings, All right? So again, diligence, faithfulness, etc., gets reward. A faithful man shall abound with blessings and they don't only have to be financial. But he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. Verse 22. He that hasteth to be rich hath an evil eye and considereth not that poverty shall come upon him. I mean, seriously, that is a point-blank statement. He that hath an evil eye, he that hasteth to be rich hath an evil eye and considereth not that poverty shall come upon him." So if you're pursuing wealth, pursuing riches, hastening in that direction, you need to consider that poverty is heading your way. Now, in the verse that we used, we were in Proverbs 23, look at verse six, it says, "'Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainty meats.' For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. The morsel which thou hast eaten shalt thou vomit up and lose thy sweet words. Okay. Eat not the bread of him that hath an evil eye is what Proverbs 23, 6 says, but Proverbs 28, 22 says, he that hasteth to be rich hath an evil eye. So you should not pursue Wealth as a definitive strategy, yourself, nor should you hang out with people who do pursue it. Because even being in your company, or rather being in their company, is not good for you. God is not opposed to us seeking the well being of our family, working as hard as we can to not just be on the brink of poverty. Right? In Deuteronomy, Moses reminded the children of Israel, it is God that giveth thee power to get wealth. Okay? We always want to be in a position where we recognize that it is God doing this for us and that we thank him for the blessings he's given us and we seek blessings from him. Right? Pursuing wealth for wealth's sake is bad. Bible frowns on it. Very, very clear. Having wealth because you are diligent is Bible doesn't frown on that. In fact, it it indicates that it is a reward you could get, right? I do not want to give the impression that it is a reward that everyone will get. In this life, we are not all guaranteed wealth and riches. And that's ignoring the fact that the terms wealth and riches mean different things to different people, okay? People may be... What a person who makes $50,000 a year thinks is wealth, what a person who who makes $30,000 a year thinks is wealth, what a person who makes $200,000 a year thinks is wealth, is going to be different. Sure, at the extreme end of the scale, all of the people I mentioned will think that a billion dollars a year is wealth, right? But some people will be impressed with millions that other people might not be. Some people will be impressed with thousands that other people might not be. If someone is making $30,000 a year and you suddenly gave them $100,000 a year, they might, in fact, consider that wealth because of where it takes them, right? You've moved them to to a, a multiple of their earnings, right? They might, in fact, consider that wealth. Whereas somebody who's making $100,000 $100,000 a year isn't going to think necessarily that $200,000 is wealth. It's certainly better than where they were. They're not going to complain if you give that to them. But they're not going to consider that wealth. That's, that's just the beginning of what they're needing to look at or, or desiring to look at. So wealth is already a relative term. It's a term that, that you need to understand the person's frame of reference. But the idea is this. Pursuing money for the sake of money even if there are noble reasons behind it, we have to be very careful. We have to be very, very, very careful. There are a lot of times where we want more money to be able to do good things. And the Lord knows that if we got that money, there are other things we might do too. Maybe we'll be faithful and do the thing we've asked him to be able to do, but we might also do extra things, right? Fullness of bread and idleness were the sins of Sodom. We always think in terms of the sexual issues, but it starts with fullness of bread and idleness. If you have enough money that you don't have to work the way that you were working before, are you going to work diligently? Not everyone will. We need to bring our concerns, our financial concerns, and all concerns in general, but we're dealing with financial today, we need to bring our financial concerns to God. We need to say to him, Lord, I would like more resources for whatever the reasons that you believe you should have those resources or that you would like to have them. Whether it's to help someone, whether it's to take care of of things, debts, things in the past, ministry, whatever it is, take it to God but be open-minded, be open-minded to having him solve that problem in a way you didn't anticipate. I was giving an example in a recent Bible study. Imagine that you are in a place where you interact with people who are homeless or in shelters or have other kinds of needs of that sort. And you're saying, Lord, please give me the funds to be able to help these people. I want to be able to help them better than this. And please give me these funds. Okay, sounds noble. It's, it's there. I'm not here to question anybody's sincerity. We're working with the scenario just as it is. But let's say that the Lord decides for whatever reason that he's not going to give you the money to help them. He's going to give you access to someone with the money to help them. He's going to allow you to interact with someone who says, I like the work you're doing, and I want to help you reach more people. So you don't get access to that money, right? Your lifestyle and everything stays the same, but now you have access to more funds only in the context of helping people. That's a perfectly reasonable option that God could choose without giving you the money to be the the intermediary, right? When we pray about these things, we have to understand that God is more concerned with our eternal salvation than anything else. And so he'll answer our prayers, prayers that are in his will, so long as he can do it in a way where we're not lost. Now, if you pray hard enough, the Bible suggests that if you pray hard enough, you can get any prayer answered, but you might not want that prayer answered, right? Ask Hezekiah. It's not always prudent to pray a prayer regardless. Hezekiah was given a certain amount of time. The Lord said to him, hey, giving you 14 years here, set your house in order because I'm going to lay you to rest. And Hezekiah wept sore. And the Lord said, fine. And he sent Isaiah to tell him, you got 15 more years. But in that 15 years, in that little bit of time, he makes a mistake with regard to the ambassadors from Babylon. And then three years later, he ends up with the worst son of Judah. Thankfully, Manasseh ultimately repented. So his individual salvation was assured. But Manasseh made a mess of things, so much so that Judah had to go into captivity. The sins that Manasseh committed, the Lord said, no, no sacrifices, getting rid of that. So collectively, the nation ended up in Babylonian captivity because of the path that Manasseh had set. So we have to be careful. Don't pray yourself into trouble you didn't need to have. In all things, we should learn to be content, as the Apostle Paul pointed out. But when you pray about things, if you feel that you need something, pray about it. Let God tell you why or why not. He's not obligated to tell you why or why not. But I find that he does, more often than not, he'll tell you at some point why something isn't good for you, okay? Seek to be in his will. Seek to understand that you don't know yourself as well as God knows you. And he is trying to make sure that you're saved. So even though you wanna do good on the planet, he may not honor that request that you're making because he knows that it would lead to bad for you spiritually and maybe for others, maybe for others. It's not till eternity that we're going to see the interplay between all of these decisions that we're making and thinking about and everyone else on the planet who we influence and impact. The Bible has plenty, plenty, plenty passages that talk about the danger of pursuing wealth. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which, while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. All evil, the love of money, root of all evil, and some, because of covetousness, because they coveted after it, have made shipwreck of faith. Okay, so we have to be very careful in that regard. Should we be diligent? Should we seek to? Um, should we seek to be great stewards of the resources we have? Should be? Should we be uh, prepared to work? with our hands in a way that will bring glory and honor to God and take care of the needs of our family? Absolutely. And will God bless us in so doing? Sure, not always financial, certainly not only financial. There are many forms that blessings can take. But if we pursue riches for riches sake, whether it's for us, for our children, or for some noble cause, We're running afoul of the many scriptures that tell us to not love money, to not hasten to be rich, to not pursue after riches, okay? Not saying that you have to be poor. In fact, Jesus made a a statement that's very important. The poor you will always have among you. The poor you will always have among you. That means that not everyone will be poor. It means that there will be some people that are poor and some people that are not poor. And having always among you means till the end of time, it's there. In eternity, all God's children will be rich. We won't be equally rich. We won't be equally rich. The parables of the talents show that God dispenses gifts and resources to his people differently. Why? because everybody's not identical, right? It's a question we can ask in eternity. But the important thing is don't chase wealth. Don't chase riches. No matter how noble your goal, chasing is bad. Pray about it. Be open with the Lord about it. Seek his wisdom about it. He will more than likely explain to you or tell you or instruct you in some way so that you move in the right path but don't chase riches. Having wealth is not a sinful thing. Poverty is also not sinful. I'm not saying that you should embrace it. Poverty is also not sinful. Wealth is not sinful. But, how should I say it? One of the Proverbs says, give me neither wealth nor poverty, but feed me food that is convenient for me. Both wealth and poverty put you in interesting places. In poverty... You may steal to get what you feel you need. In wealth, you may forget God and go down paths that are not to your benefit or the benefit of the people around you. Let's endeavor to be content in all things. We can seek for additional resources or additional help, support, etc. We should pray about the things we need. Don't be ashamed to pray about it. Don't be afraid to pray about it. God answers prayers, and sometimes he answers about prayers, meaning he'll explain to you, no, you're not getting that, (laughs) right? No, you're not getting that. Maybe he'll give you a lot of details, maybe he won't. I can't promise anything there. I know from my personal experience, I've gotten answers to certain things that I've wanted. And the Lord's like, no, listen to the next sermon that comes by your way, and you'll hear what I need you to hear on that topic. But the point is, Ask the Lord. You may be someone who God could entrust with more wealth. Ask him. Right? You may be someone who God is like, no, I intend to save you, and you and the amount of money you have is just about as much as you can manage, so let's get you into heaven, and uh, and we'll worry about that other stuff through somebody else. These are all possibilities, and the Bible expresses them. It shows them. Because the rich young ruler... The reason why Christ told him to give up his money is because his money was his God and he couldn't give it up when he was told to. Okay, Abraham didn't have to give away his wealth. Isaac didn't have to. Jacob didn't have to. But those brethren didn't have problems with wealth. And so the Lord could allow them to have it. Right In the parable, that rich man that has all these goods and now he's going to build bigger barns, That guy didn't handle his wealth because all the resources he received, he was hoarding. He wasn't helping anyone with them. So just be advised. Having wealth, not a sin. Prosperity gospel, not true. Everyone is not going to be rich. Just because you're in Christ doesn't mean you're gonna be rich in worldly goods. Does not mean that. Need to be poor and give up everything, also not true. The Bible does not call for that. But if God does call you to that, don't be the rich young ruler. Okay, Don't be the rich young ruler. Don't look around at other people that are not being called to give up their wealth or that you don't know that they're being called to give up their wealth and, and say, well, why, why not them? Why am I called to do this? No, don't go down that path. But just don't chase riches because the Bible is exceedingly clear. Exceedingly clear. Proverbs 23, 4 and 5 says, labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. All right? Don't matter what the reason. No, no, I, I can. If I could just become a so-and-so multimillion dollar, I could do this. I could build churches. I could labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. Wilt thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle toward heaven. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your word. We thank you for your instruction, your guidance. We thank you for providing us with this information pertaining to your thoughts about wealth and riches in our pursuit of it. Please give us wisdom. Please give us contentment. Please help us, Lord, that we will work for you in whatever capacity you place us in, and that we will be prepared, willing, desirous of sacrificially giving, to move in the direction that your your cause needs. We ask you to help us, that we'll be true and faithful to the principles you're showing us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. You can reach us via email at biblequestions at asbzone.com. We look forward to hearing from you, whether you have questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns. We also recommend that you check out the True Wisdom Podcast, where Robert and I discuss Bible stories and topics together. Both of these podcasts can be found on over a dozen platforms, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Please remember our ministries in your prayers. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study and share His Holy Word.